The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Okay, want, want to first ask a question and then context and then application. Okay, so the question is, what is your life about? What is your life about? And I have to give you some space to answer that question because, of course, if when I greet you outside, I say, what is your life about? You're going to try to give me the answer that I want to hear, okay? I don't want you to come up with the answer that I want to hear when I ask you that question, what is your life about? What is your life center around? What do you, a way in is to say, you know, what, what would you consider success in your life? Right at the end of your life, you're writing, you know, your, <laughs> your last note to the world, this is who I am. I was successful because Okay, so anyway, I said a question and then context and the application. The context is this. It's the Sermon on the Mount. We're, we're at the end of the fifth chapter of Matthew's Gospel here, and that's the first of three chapters that are dedicated to Jesus' preaching, the Sermon on the Mount. And, of course, this is not the only time Jesus preaches, but it's the place where the heart of his preaching is recorded so this is, these are themes that Jesus would have been teasing out no matter where it was he went and been offering. We, you know, we see Jesus on the move throughout the Gospels, and when he's teaching, we often see him use picture language and obscure references and a lot of allusions that, that, uh, that, would have, that, that in order to understand them, you would have to be tapped into to what he's doing. And, we, and we, we're tempted to think, you know, if he just made it a bit more simple and straightforward, then, you know, we'd be much happier for it. We'd be able to, we'd be able to do it. When we get to this part of the, of the Gospel of Matthew, he's as simple and straightforward as he can be. And we probably want to hear some picture language, you know. It's like, love my enemies. He must, he must have meant something else by that, right? So, <laughs> no. <laughs> he did not. He did not mean something else by that. He meant that. As his people, we are to love our enemies. Okay, so, but the context. Jesus preaching, he's doing, he's doing um, mission statement kind of work, right? And, it, and I've been 
thrown this out there for a while. I, I would say ad nauseum, uh, but I only see a couple of you looking kind of nauseous, so I, I don't know that I've done it ad nauseum yet, but, but I can. I'll, I'll keep at it. Um, is that we are called, the whole of Christian life is to persevere by faith in the life of great and costly love that we have been called to. Now put that in context and say, Jesus is trying to create a renewed people movement. I shouldn't say it. Jesus is creating a renewed human movement, a movement of renewed human beings who restore God's world to the glory that it was always intended to have. Okay, now, that's what, if you, if you have ears to hear, that's what Israel was supposed to be. But Israel keeps falling short, which is why then Jesus is coming over the top, even of the law here, to say not only, actually, this is what we have to be about, but also, because Jesus is on the scene, now it's within reach. Okay? So it's not, this is not, as we get into it, this is not a series of moral demands that Jesus has simply turned up the heat on. Right? He said, you heard that it was said, but I say to you. And yes, the moral demand is more severe, but it's not what Jesus is doing. He's saying, trust and follow me, and we will live out this image of renewed humanity that you were always meant to live. And it will be, it will be um, a way of life beyond your current imagining and all the more glorious as a result. So stretch your imaginations with me to see how it is we are to live as God's renewed people tasked with the restoration of his creation. Now, he pushes into kind of real practical examples for us to give us a sketch of, of what this way is supposed to look like. And then he draws to conclusion at the end, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And what is that perfection? And I, I have to say, as, as a recovering perfectionist, funny, but also not funny for those of you who have been, who have been afflicted with such, uh, with such illness, it's completely the opposite of the way that we tend to pursue perfection. We tend to pursue perfection by controlling every last detail of the thing that's in our control. Perfection in love means giving ourselves away in every, in every possible aspect of our heart and life. That's what, that's what Jesus not only preaches us to do, but he accomplishes in his own flesh and now enables us to do by the pouring out of, of his Holy Spirit and by nourishing and sustaining us on his own flesh, giving us his flesh as food to eat so that we can, in fact, live up to the challenge. And I, I have to, I know, I know this is where it gets long, right? And it's and boring. I don't care. I have to. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I have to will your good. Yeah. This is what love. This is what love means. I'm going to will your good for your sake. I I I, I struggle with the fact that we're not all ready to receive. You know. But it's but it's okay. 
you love me, okay, so you will my good, and that might be that I can kind of not say, take so long on the homily because I'm tired, you know, but, <laughs> but I'm going to will your good, which means I'm going to go beyond myself to give you a little more, a little more substance today. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, okay, the first is this. This is, we're looking at the law of retaliation. The lex talionis. This is, this is a command in the law. Moses gives the people this command. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Why is that? It's because if you take one of my eyes, I want both of yours. Okay, now you're looking at me like I'm evil. <laughs> this is the way it works, is it not? Is it not? I want more than what you took away. It's not. So the limit then that Moses puts on, the limit that God puts on retaliation is significant. It curbs violence. That's the intention, right? It breaks the chain of violence. But Jesus wants more because, yeah, okay, we can all pursue that kind of justice. People sitting here could pursue that kind of justice, and people on the outside can pursue that kind of justice. It seems to make sense, right? The calculus makes sense. But if you are God's renewed people, tasked with restoring his creation, you're going to have to go beyond justice. As a people charged with the task of revealing to the world who God is, you have to go beyond the merely transactional and into the restorative, which means that in order to take violence out of existence, you have to meet it with charity. And what does, what does charity mean? What does love mean? It means willing the good of the other for the sake of the other. So I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil when some... Okay, this is very, this is very difficult, okay? If, and let me offer this. If you are struggling with particular examples in your own life, as perhaps you should be, right? Jesus is stirring this up. I am offering myself to you to help walk through the challenges that you face because I am not, I am not inclined to set you up to be abused by people, okay? Especially people who are close to you. So if you are being abused, let's talk. I can't do it in a homily, okay? But it's work that needs to be done because I'm not, I'm not simply sending you in because, and let me offer just a little bit here. If someone is abusing me, and we get into this actually in the examples that Jesus offers, part of my task of loving them is that I don't allow them to abuse me because it's not good for them. This is what it means to love and to love all the way through. Willing the good of the other is much more difficult than we kind of grasp at first, at first look, right? It's like, okay, um, yeah, so I'm just going to do all the good things. Or what? No, it's a little more difficult. Willing the good of the other, desiring and doing what is best for the other, that's our task. But I know there are some very complicated spaces that we find ourselves in. I'm telling you, I'm offering you, I will walk through those, those spaces with you. Okay, if you, need, if you need it to be. No one's abandoning you here, okay? 
And like I said, it's not simply a moral demand. So like I'm falling short of it, so I'm receiving the condemnation of God. You're not. You're not. You're being invited to go beyond yourself. And Jesus is going to give you the power to do it. But we have to do a lot of work to make, to make it happen. Anyway, when someone strikes you on your right cheek, because you would only be struck with the right hand in that world, for reasons we can get, get into after mass, if you're struck on your right cheek, you have been hit with the back of the hand. This is to strike an inferior. Yeah? Someone lesser than you, you strike with the back of your hand. Just take my word for it, you know? Okay. So, if someone treats you as an inferior, striking you on the back with the back of their hand, turn your cheek and make them strike you as an equal. Now, look, you should laugh. I mean, I know, I know you're not going to laugh unless I laugh and I'm not funny. So, it's... Okay, so I get it. But, but, we, should, but we should laugh at that. It's, it is, it's funny. Um, and it works, strangely enough. Right? If someone, if, someone stri- if someone treats you as an inferior and you whine and complain about being treated as an inferior, now everybody hates you. <laughs> you know? Like, it's not, it's not interesting to begin with. It's not engaging. It's not, it doesn't do anything except even perhaps keeps you in your place. You treat him as an inferior. I'm going to complain about it. That just demonstrates the fact that you're inferior to me. You turn your, you turn your face... Treat me, as, treat me as an equal. Do something shocking, but also, I don't know, like that's, that, that hits, actually, that, it turns the strike on itself and hits the person by turning the cheek. Okay, yeah, I'll take it, but at least treat me as an inferior. At least treat me as an equal, right? At least treat me as an equal. Will they do it? Will they not? I'm not sure. But again, it's creative engagement. And the only thing that can sustain this kind of creative engagement is love. And whether they hit you again or not, it's not the important part. The part is that you're embodying and reflecting God's creative and merciful love to that person and to the world. Okay? Tunic and cloak. He wants your tunic. He's going to take... He has power over you. He's going to take your... He's going to take your tunic for... If you, yeah. How many articles of clothing do you have in that day? You have two. You have a tunic and you have a cloak. That's all you have. I mean, that's underwear and outerwear. That's it, okay? Tunic and cloak. So what? So he takes your tunic. One of the reasons he can take your tunic is because he can't take your cloak. And if he takes your cloak, he has to give it back to you before sundown because, you have, because that's what you're going to sleep in. And the law is pretty straight on that. So, he, but, so he's going to take your tunic. You're left with your cloak. Yeah, if he takes your tunic, give him the cloak as well. You're naked. You know? <laughs> I find this very funny. I just don't know. <laughs> Come on, guys. Have a sense of humor. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, 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 it's, it's only the saintly life that can laugh, I think. But <laughs> this is, he takes you, he, he's going he's gonna to hold you to account in a way that impoverishes you Beyond, beyond what, is, um, what is just and fair and the rest, what are you going to do? You're going to stand up and fight? You're going to, whatever, complain, whine? Like I said, right? We're going to give them the old tired stuff? Or are we going to shock them or shame them into recognizing our humanity? Again, it's creative engagement. And it's, and it's the work of love. Right? To find yourself in, the, in that space, of course, is, it's, it's ridiculous 
But what's ridiculous is the demand that this person is putting on you to take your, to take your tunic, right? It's like we need to shock people into uh, recognition of, of common humanity, if nothing, if nothing else. Press you in a service for a mile, right? The, the, they were an occupied people. The Romans, the, the soldiers could have any Jewish citizen carry their equipment for a mile, but no more. So what do you do? Fight back? Hold back? Right? To make, make the guy's life whatever? He, or confirm him in his understanding of who you are? Or say, okay, I'll take it for a mile. Let's go. Okay, come on. You know, lead the way. Come on. Why are you, why are you walking so slow? Right? Let's go another mile. Now, here, he'd be in trouble. He'd be, he'd be concerned. Because he's not allowed to press you into service for two miles. Now he's a little bit concerned he's going to get caught going beyond the mile. And he's, and he's being shocked again into, into recognizing. Anyway, okay. So this is it, right? It's, yes, are we a people who are tasked with bringing God's justice to his world? Yes. What I'm offering is that we often don't get there without going beyond justice. We, we I think, will only get there by embodying God's love, God's untiring, giving to everyone in spite of their unworthiness, love. Right? He makes his, his son to shine on the bad and the good alike. And what is this? We're Taeus. Again, we're his renewed people. We're set about the work of, of restoring the world. We do it with love. And what is love's greatest test? To endure one of Father Daniel's homilies. No, to, what is one of love's, I'm sorry to make it about me. What is, what is, what is love's greatest test? Is to love in the face of rejection, opposition, right, the rest. What is it? To love our enemies. And the, and the question is, right, when I ask, what is your life about? Is your life about God and his way? Is it about being a member of his renewed people at work to restore the world, or is it something else? If it's something else, we're going to be looking around always to see what we can get, what we can get out of something, what we can get out of someone, and the like. If we're his renewed people set on restoring the world, we'll simply be looking for what we can give, and we'll give ourselves away in his service. The beautiful part of this, what makes this, you know, it's, it's not good advice. We wouldn't be able to follow it if it were simply good advice. It's good news. This is Jesus' life. Who is it who, who turns the other cheek? Who's stripped naked? Right? Who, is, who is it who is pressed into service to carry his cross? Who is it who loves his enemies and prays for those who persecute him? It's Jesus. It's just the pattern of his life. And we're caught up now in that exchange here. We come into, we're in heart-to-heart -heart contact with Jesus here. And we're, we're signing ourselves over to him. We're offering ourselves to him. And he is giving himself to us. He's pouring himself out for us so that we could trust and follow him in every conceivable way. Yeah, these, these are difficult. I would say again, impossible without Jesus' things to do. He's giving himself to us here and now so that we can follow him on the way.